Hi guys, I'm doing this podcast on adoption. I am interviewing a GP named Dr. Jaru, who is based in the West Midlands. Um, the adoption process is unique and very complex, as we've already gathered. It creates a powerful mix of emotions such as grief, loss, hope, expectation, anger, fear, joy, and guilt, all of which run alongside the bureaucracy and legal framework related to adoption within two countries, namely the UK and India. Added to this can be the feelings of frustration through having little control in what is a life-changing decision. A process which can last up to three years, if not more now, can take its toll both physically and mentally. And so already, even before the challenges of placement, prospective adopters can feel worn down. The mountains of paperwork don't help either. Something you don't really experience when having birth children of your own, prospective adopters can be surprised to experience feelings of depression post-placement just when their dream is finally being realised. In this podcast, we are going to ultimately talk about post-adoption depression. Some prospective adopters can suffer symptoms of depression in the early placement period and at significant other times after adoption. So first of all, let me introduce Dr. Charu. Hi, Dr. Charu. Hi, hi, Trishali. Thank you for having me. Not at all. So when we're talking about post-adoption depression, Hmm. what is that? So post-adoption depression is a term which was coined by uh, June Bond in 1995. She was actually someone who has been on the adoption journey on a professional as well as a personal level. She was she's at, she works still in North Carolina as a certified adoption investigator and she's helped multiple families throughout many years on the adoption journey and she herself has six children four of whom are adopted and she used um she she coined the term post-adoption depression to describe the the stress, anxiety and depression that many parents experience following adoption. So prior to this, it wasn't a term, it wasn't anything that was recognised. And luckily, you know, she she recognised that this is something of great importance and she thought it needed a label. um, And that's why she's, you know, she created this term. It actually is a very um, complex um, I would say condition, even though lack of better word, and that's because it entails many features to the condition, many symptoms, um, and sometimes all of these symptoms aren't very easily recognisable. So I'm very glad that we're talking about this today because I think it's very important to bring it to the forefront. Yeah, I mean, just to put out there, obviously when we went through our adoption journey, I hadn't even heard of mm. the term mm. post-adoption depression. You'd heard of postnatal depression. Yeah but never post-adoption. Absolutely, yeah. Um, And it's just something that I wanted to bring awareness to because the more I've read on it, the more many couples that I am speaking to currently, you can see signs of it. Mm -hmm. So just going back to that, what causes post-adoption depression then? So in terms of um, the causes, they're not any clearly identified causes. There has been research to show that um, unlike uh, uh, postnatal depression, which some... The research shows it; it's more of a hormonal um, influence, though some would disagree with that. Um, in terms of with post-adoption depression, hormone hormonal imbalance isn't really considered because obviously it's not related to that sort of physical change. There are many stresses, and um, it's very important to um, be able to be aware of these stresses because 
these things which can we can identify, we can recognise and we can hopefully try to minimise and hence reduce the risk of um, post-adoption depression. So they're more more linked to stresses in the environment. That could be, um, you know, just the general stress of going through the adoption journey, as you probably can understand. Not only the legal side of things, the financial side, not being in control of the situation, not really being told, especially if it's, you know, across countries, it's a whole different legal system in another yeah. country, whole different way that another country operates. So it's just that in itself can add a lot of stress and lack of control element to it. Um, could be related to adjustment parents have to make in relation to adoption. That could be related to uh, changes in their sleep pattern, lack of sleep, also um, restlessness that the child may experience, any behavioural changes um, the child may be having or health problems. Also physical, emotional and mental exhaustion, which I'm sure you can understand on that on that on a personal level. Financial strain, as I mentioned before, um, has a huge impact on mental health. And um, another thing which I was quite surprised to come across when I was sort of reading up more about this is the sense of guilt and inadequacy some parents go through. You know, the the fact it can also bring up uh, past triggers like bringing up the issue of infertility and um, having your own personal fertility issues that can come to the forefront when you're having to go through a, a long process of, of adopting. Other things like relationship with your partner, relationship with other family members, also the impact of society and how that has an impact on, on yourself and your mental health and as well as your child's health. So it's, there's, a, there's a huge collection of causes of what, what can cause it. Um, and sometimes it doesn't have to be linked to anything in particular. It's just as the whole process in itself can be quite exhaustive and that can have a huge impact um, in, in the long run. So, yeah, it's just being aware of these potential stresses. Yeah, absolutely. And can both the mother and the father suffer from this? Yeah, absolutely. Also, postnatal depression similarly can be can affect both mother and father. So in a similar way, this can also, it's, it's a journey that parents go through together, usually. And hence, yeah, it can have an impact on, on both uh, mother and father. Usually in fathers, it's more on, more presents in sort of anger. That's usually linked to sort of lack of control or not being able to, you know, identify, sorry, not being able to resolve any problems that come up. Um, so it all comes with this sense of lack of control. Whereas in mothers, it's usually presents with more fatigue or tiredness and low mood and just general, general sort of malaise. So it presents different um, or it can present differently. But yes, it can impact both. Yeah, I mean, I've, I just picked up on um, uh, a study there by Foley in 2009 mm -hmm. where it showed that evidence clearly shows that fathers can suffer from post-adoption depression and in this study the fathers described their depression in terms of anger resulting yeah. from for instance failing to solve problems like you've mentioned mm -hmm. relating to the adoption feeling let down by the professionals lack of proper information about the child's history and lack of support yeah so the mothers tended to describe their depression in terms of feeling fatigue like you've mentioned again mm -hmm. lack of trust in their child and an absence of mutual bonding yeah Absolutely. So, and, and that in itself highlights um, how these symptoms don't always have to be, you know, one box fits all. Everyone can present very differently and it can range from sort of low mood, anxiety, palpitations, you know, to the physical symptoms like palpitations or loss, loss of appetite, um, lack of sleep and the impact that can have on your day to day activity. Um, and in some, some people it can um, cause even not 
you know, the sense of not bonding with their children, not only their adoptive children, but other children or not engaging in society. So it, it has a huge knock-on effect or it can have that potential of having a knock-on effect. But sometimes these symptoms like tiredness, fatigue, I mean, how many times do we complain of feeling tired in the day and, you know, exhausted? So they're not, there's no tests, there's no blood tests, there's no scans. It is just about being aware of this and talking about it more. And that's why just being knowledgeable that these symptoms sometimes could be suggestive if you're going through a complex journey like adoption. Um, like if you are presenting with any 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 symptoms or any lifestyle changes, um, things where you feel you're not in control, being aware that you possibly could have some element of post-adoption depression. Okay, and obviously we're not pinpointing the specific symptoms, but what are the main symptoms for post-adoption? Yeah, very similar to just general depression as well as um, postnatal depression. So um, usually it's low mood and um, that that can result in sort of irritability, anger, not sleeping well, lack of appetite. Also, you can have, like I mentioned before, the physical symptoms. So you can have, with low mood, there is um, anxiety, some, you know, usually linked with two and two together. Um, and that can sometimes present in panic attacks or feeling like not being in control. Also, some parents um, also feel that they may be inadequate. They're not doing a good job. They, they don't feel they're, in, you know, that they're managing um managing their condition well obviously there's a new member of the family so they they have this sense of guilt towards not not fulfilling their role um, and the expectations sometimes linked with that and hence um, and and also feeling slightly overwhelmed by the responsibility of it Um, it can also worst case scenario have the sense of like worthlessness you can get extremely low in your mood and what we worry about is um, you know self-harm or any any injury or harm to yourself or other other members of the family around you um, and that's why it's it's very important to be aware of these um, symptoms and, and and talk about it more and what would you say to those people that actually turn around and say how in the world can post-adoption depression even happen to somebody that's chosen this path to adopt and bring this child home you knew what you were getting yourself into what would you say to them I think it's very easy to say that in in retrospect. Um, a lot of the times, life circumstances we you know we don't have a crystal ball. We can't predict what's going to happen in the future. I also think a big part of it is not being aware or um, not having that discussion um, about what an adoption process entails. Not just the legal side of things, not just the stepwise process, but how it can have an emotional toil on both you and your partner and other other members of of, of your family. Um, so I think it's it's very difficult to answer that without um, without saying that you know it's it's all because of naivety. I think you ha- we have to be very careful and. Really said that done right. Mm-hmm. Like anybody could say to you, you know, close the door. You guys knew what you were getting yourself into. Is it? We've been told that mm. you knew what you were getting yourself into. You shouldn't have expected that. You should have expected that. But you don't because you're in that frame of mind where you're so busy trying to get the paperwork back on time, trying to meet the yeah. plans, trying to live your life. Mm-hmm. We had a biological child at the same time. Mm-hmm. How do you cope with all of that? You're you're almost in auto drive. Yeah. And the minute you stop and think, you're like, oh my gosh, how did we do it? Yeah. I think back now, and I haven't got a clue how we were both working full time, looking after a two year old, 
who was going to nursery mm-hmm. and dealing with this on the side of it. Yeah. No social life. That's not normal. Yeah. But you're on a mission to get it done. Yeah. And actually, when she's here and you stop and you think and you think, how? How did you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and then you're in a bubble where you're so excited that she's here mm-hmm. or the child's here. And then you're faced with inappropriate questions. You're faced with a stigma. You're faced yeah. with all of this that you weren't even mentally prepared for. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how can it not exist? Yeah. And I'm hoping, like, just because I'm going to be honest, I didn't know about post-adoption depression before sort of discussing it with you. So as a medical professional myself, it's clearly, you know, for me not being aware of it, it highlights to me that it isn't something that is talked about um, often. Also, I absolutely agree. I think educating yourself and being aware of what the journey entails is is, is important, you know, Um, and knowing that because also the research shows that it doesn't present most of the time it doesn't present until one month after the adoption process is completed so throughout that whole journey you're just like you said you're just carrying on and you know you're doing everything you don't have a social life you're just trying to get things done it's like a checklist and then it suddenly it it kind of impacts you not it probably isn't sudden but it probably feels sudden for some some people or at least they recognize it and they're like wait hang on how did we do this you know and I think I mean the question back to you if you knew about the potential, you know, psycho- psychosocial toll it might have on you. Would you? What would you have done? You know, in I don't know to be honest. Yeah. Like, like we've just said, it's not spoken about. It's not heard of. Mm-hmm. But why isn't it spoken about or heard of? Like, yeah. especially, I'd understand within our community because you know what the older generations like. Yeah. But I've not been to a GP surgery so far in all of my years of being in the UK, well, I'm born and bred in the UK, Mm. I've never seen it mentioned anywhere. Yeah. Why? I think it's similar to other forms of mental health illnesses, you know, stigma is is one of the crucial reasons for why it's not talked about, which is unfortunate. But I'm I'm glad that, you know, things are being spoken about. Mental health awareness is is occurring a lot more frequently and commonly and openly in, in not only just in every society, but especially in the South Asian communities. Um, so I think stigma is a big role to play and linking on to stigma, I think the reason it's not discussed is people just carry on and people feel like they've, you know, they've completed the, the process. The child is now th- there, they're here. Um, if they mention it to the GP or if they raise concerns, there's always that fear that am I not a good parent? Am I not doing this well? Um, will the child be taken away from me? Will this raise alarm bells and other other you know professionals, which is not the case at all. Because I think the key uh, the key statement I would like to say is if you don't look after your emotional well being, then you can't look after your child' 100%. physical, mental, emotional well being. So I think the G, I think GPs have, especially within our community. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have a good reputation, if you like. Like you've just yeah. mentioned, people are fearful that the child will be taken off them. But you guys are there to support us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You guys are there to make us better, if you like. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's it's like you'd go to the GP if you had a cold. Mm. 
but you wouldn't go to the GP for, to discuss yeah. depression. Yeah. Post-adoption depression. Mm-hmm. Why? You yeah. Know, it, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. What would you say to those that are feeling the guilt of not wanting to come to the GP to speak to speak to them about these feelings and mm. anxieties? I would really like to reassure people that we as medical professionals we and you know throughout my career as well i've every every mental health case that i've come across has made me appreciate the importance of mental health and i would really like you know these people to be reassured that we are here to help you um if you don't find the help from one medical professional that's 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 not to say that all medical professionals are you know in that category um i also feel that if you don't feel comfortable going to a GP but speak to someone you know speak to a friend you can trust um, speak to you know support attend support support groups or look into the forums I know Adoption UK website has some really good um, forums and support groups which I was having a browse through and I'm really glad that we have this you know this support network available for people who they can interact with other other individuals who are going through a very similar journey and sometimes and that's what just human is you know we want that connection we want to know that we're not alone you know we're not alone in this in this boat and um if you don't feel comfortable going to the gp i think it's also a questioning why but also knowing that we are here to look after you that is our you know for us the patient is the center of our consultation and our whatever management plan we make we also want to make sure that you're well enough to be able to look after your child because your child is also then our indirect responsibility. So never have that fear that your child will be taken away from you purely because you're talking about your own mental health because that is ne- that is not the case. I've not seen a single case like that where that occurs. And it's not the case when you're going through postnatal depression either. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Postnatal depression. Mm-hmm. This is exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, you know. absolutely. And I also, to add to that, I think partners just being aware of your other other partner you know um because you're going through this journey together and like i said before men as we all know men hardly go to the doctors in comparison to women and talking about the mental health also is um more women are more sort of proactive in in doing that doing so than than men so just recognizing if, if your husband isn't coping or is struggling or is having you know is going through a difficult time is maybe just having that informal chat with them and seeing you know I think I think you need to get some help or let's talk to someone about this and just just being that shoulder for them I think it's really important yeah absolutely I mean I just want to touch a little bit on why Mm -hmm. um, it's not spoken about much and I came across a few points I mean we've mentioned stigma yeah but the feeling of guilt and fear of being judged uh-huh. can prevent them from seeking help and support at a crucial time you know being judged by friends family you know they're all so quick at pointing the finger yeah um i wouldn't consider them friends if they were doing that because they'd be yeah for you absolutely you know? yeah and um, the expectations of the process itself of oneself as a parent of what the child will be like what they will bring to the family what they will bring to family and friends, society in general, it can all be contributing factors. Mm. Stress of the whole process, fertility issues like you've mentioned previously, it can trigger unresolved thoughts, feelings Mm. and emotions about personal fertility issues. Being reminded of feelings of grief and loss regarding fertility can take adopters, adoptive parents by surprise and cause anxiety and guilt. 
particularly if they thought that these issues had been resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, the emotional high of being matched and placed with a child. Once that the dream of having or completing a family has been realised, they can prospective adopters can feel disappointed and guilty at feelings of deflation. Mm-hmm. Um, identifying with a birth mother's feeling of loss. Yeah, there can be a stealing of you know, like there can be a feeling of you stealing another woman's child. Yeah. Um, which can create a bittersweet mix of feelings. Mm. Um, you know, just to give you an example, we were out for dinner tonight and um, my sister-in-law was trying to explain to Sia, uh, she, sorry, she was trying to explain to Anne just who her mum was. So mm. as in her daddy and her brother and sister, okay. just like Anne and Sia, and their mum is the same. And the one thing Sia said to me, sat next to me, she said, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Mm. My real mummy is in India. Mm. This is my other mummy. And it, I almost sat there. And yes, I could have felt like crap. Mm. Because she's not acknowledging me as a mum. But she did acknowledge me as a mum. Mm. But I felt proud. Mm. That she actually knows where she's from. Yeah. She knows that I'm not her birth mum. But I'm still her mum. Yeah. I couldn't be more blessed. <laughs> you know, a lot of people could be taken back. Yeah by a comment from a five-year-old mm. we've always been open with Zio about it yeah. but yeah it could have triggered me and it didn't mm. I sat there held ha- hand on heart head held high yeah because actually it's great that she acknowledges that yeah I want her to grow up knowing that you know we always had the fear when we adopted Zia that there would be somebody that would tell her mm. she was adopted other mm-hmm. than me and Rakesh yeah. and that's why we decided that we wanted to be open about our journey with her and we had hammers thrown at us to say it's going to affect us men- it's going to affect her mentally it doesn't look like it has mm. she's openly talking about it yeah, absolutely. rather that than she shy away and worry about it yeah yeah you know absolutely a hundred percent. And I said to her in the car on the way home, well done. Mm. You know, like, well done for yeah. that. Yeah. Too right. You know? And it, if, I think it could have gone the other way if she didn't acknowledge it. 100%. You'd be like, wait, you know, we've kind of tried to keep it all open to her. Why open Why with her? Why isn't, it? Yeah. yeah. So in a way she's, she's, you know, she's clear in her mind, but she's comfortable with it. She's not like, uncomfortable in sitting with that you know 100%. and the fact that she, she knows there's not going to be any backlash from yeah us either because actually it's fact yeah i'm not going to change i can't change that yeah that's what it is that is what it is yeah you know? she's not hurting our emotions by it mm. she's acknowledging the fact that that's her past yeah We're her present we're still her parents yeah that doesn't change that no absolutely not yeah um just also going back to why mm-hmm. um it's not spoken about much. The other, the other point that I came across was the financial responsibility um, and the major lifestyle changes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a huge change, it's, potentially, yeah. from an orphanage to a home. Mm. You know, going forward schooling, mm-hmm. which they probably didn't have back in India, yeah. in an orphanage. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, is there anything you can add to that? Yeah, and, you, you know, if you adopt children who are slightly older and they've sort of have moved through different homes or different settings um or you know they've got some emotional 
um, things that they're working through as well as sometimes behavioural, sometimes it could be mental health related, um, learning disabilities, etc. Then it is about the parents having to learn and adapt, you know, and identifying that they, they need to be there f- for their child. But that as well can have an impact on, on, on you. And that's, that's even if it's your own biological child as well as, and you know, a child that you've adopted, it's the same thing. So, it, yeah, absolutely. So even the older children, it, it is the changes that that can happen when when you know they've they've come to a new home and for them as well as for the parents yeah absolutely okay so when you adopt as mentioned previously there are extremely high expectations from you upon from from you upon yourself as parents Mm. from society everyone around you basically your friends your family you name it yeah how can these expectations be managed so in particular in relation to the adoption process for example Mm mm-hmm how can you how can they be managed so i think the first thing is um is identifying uh, it's it's just being um knowledgeable just reading up just read 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 as much as you can knowing what the process is knowing what the legal side of the um adoption processes which i'm sure you 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 talk about in in great detail you know just touching on that obviously it is extremely challenging because not only are you going through the local authorities here but you go through authorities in india too and mm-hmm. the time scales are very very different because they work off their own time scales you know a person or a couple who are used to a high level of control in their life can get frustrated by the lack of you know a lack of control within mm. the process um the delays the inefficiencies the poor responses or working relationships so what would you say to them if they were experiencing that I would say it'd be important to recognise that, you know, these things are not in your control and whatever you can control, you can control things which aren't out of your, which aren't in your control. Maybe speaking to whoever your um, go-to person is and, um, and just, and just kind of sitting in, sitting with that, sitting and just being comfortable with, yeah, okay, things aren't going to be in my control. This is what I can control. This is not what, these are things I can't control. And not getting frustrated by that. I know it's easy for me to say, but it's just if the more you not um, up, update your knowledge and you know read about it, you you will probably recognise earlier on that this is what I might face. Yes. And once you know about it, then it won't be as much of a shock, or it won't it won't be something that you need to adjust to as 100%. much. To and I think also you can relate it slightly to pregnancy. Okay, yeah, we know pregnancy lasts nine months. Mm-hmm. We were aware of what the timescales with India are now currently, with whatever age category category you go for. So you've just got to let it go. Yeah, you've got to let the process ride. You know, whether you're pregnant, whether you're going through adoption. I know it's easier said than done, but I've been there. Yeah, you know, I. If I could have it yesterday, why even wait until tomorrow? That's my attitude in life. Mm. And with this adoption process, I've had to slow down. Mm. I've had to accept that it's not going to happen when I say so. Yeah. Or when I want it to, it's going to happen when it is going to happen. When it happens, yeah. You know, just acceptance of the process, the timescales, the authorities, everyone. Yeah. It's about working alongside each other. And I know that's easier said than done. Yeah. But it is one of those. You either take it negatively. Yeah. Or take it as a positive and just get on with it as and when you can. Absolutely. And I think, again, it, it's all about being realistic and honest. You know, it, you you can get a framework that this is the next step, this is the next step, but the emotional toll it might have on you as a person and your personality and you as an individual, that's something that you have to recognise 
you know, you should ideally recognise earlier on. And that will only happen once we talk about it more and we read up on it more. And people people say, look, you are going down the adoption, but it's not just straightforward as a checklist. You know, there are other things that you need to bear in mind, which is one of one of these key, you know, this obviously this podcast that we're talking about yeah, is, is a big, big impact. Yeah. Okay, and then going on to placements. So often from the moment of introductions, parents can once again feel a lack of control. This can feel hugely disappointing. It can be helpful for adoptive parents to know that these feelings are normal and do not mean that the wrong decisions have been made regarding the adoption. Yeah, and that's the key point. It's not a wrong decision. Mm-hmm. You know, your expectations might not have been met the way you expected it to be, yeah. but that doesn't mean that the whole it's process not. is wrong. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And what about parenting? So the way that they parent will impact, obviously, yeah. their own parenting styles and... Those parents who have experienced difficult childhoods can easily be triggered by their child into negative feelings from their past. Mm. And equally, adopters who have raised in high-functioning, close-knit, warm families may be hugely disappointed when a child isn't able to respond to their style of parenting. Yeah. What would you say to them? Yeah, I think as humans, we're all so different, mm-hmm. you know. And if you are, if you've got someone who's had X number of years not living in your house and they're coming into your house you can't expect expect them to immediately just like that adapt you know it is a process and it's just having that awareness that okay we need to we need to give it time or we need to hand you know manage it in, in certain ways um and yeah i think it's it's just recognizing that every family is different every child is different and even even within the family you know if you have say three biological children that are all different you know so it's the same you can't expect you can't expect um someone to just immediately just adapt and i would point out obviously through the process you've you've got access to your social worker if these yeah. feelings do come about contact them yeah actually they can help you through it absolutely they can speak yeah. to you about it and actually it is normal mm. to feel a certain way you know you see another mother parent their child and you think i'd want to do that too it doesn't always work with every child no yeah you know speak to people yeah that's the game absolutely yeah Um, society (laughs) now this is a touchy one Mm. it can be incredibly hurtful for parents when a child is not welcomed into the family in the same way a birth child would be Mm. been there done it got the uh got the certificate (laughs) myself we have experienced this and Adopters could talk about these expectations with family and friends before and after the adoption, but it may take time for a child to settle and it can can really, really be helpful for family and friends to read as much as possible about Mm. the adoption process. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to educate themselves. No. But don't be careful. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think um, if you are going through the processes, when you do tell family and friends, tell them obviously tell them as much as you want to but if you are willing to talk to you know your family and friends within the society don't have the expectations that they will completely understand but you can always give them the tools or the resources to update themselves or you know give them the knowledge um and i think it's just having that discussion that open discussion with people saying look i it is it is complex it's it's not you know i'm not sleeping i'm not in control i'm getting angry i'm getting frustrated but this is how we're coping with it or you know i'm talking to you just so if, if i do have a moment of getting angry or having an outburst don't don't think it's about you it's because of what i'm going through at the moment and it's just having that open channel of communication and that's not just with family and friends but like you know your your, your spouse you know and also 
I think it's within the society you can't expect people to change, but we can only hope. Yeah. We can only hope that we're giving them the tools that they can I go in. And I think that's themselves. the biggest mistake we made because although we were so ex- we were in a bubble, mm. so excited to be adopting, it was you know it was something that we worked so hard for for three and a yeah. bit years. As you should be, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when we told family and friends. We were expecting them to be just as excited, mm. and it wasn't reciprocated. And I think that's when our bubble burst. We were like, "What?" Yeah, you know, like that's when we face the stigma. That's when we face the inappropriate questions. That's when we face the crap, mm. if you like. Mm. And you're not prepped for that. No. You know? Yeah. Now I am, and now I speak openly about it to others yeah. that are going through it. You know, it's okay if not mm. everyone's okay with you, but then you just need to be selective yeah. to start with. You know, three and a bit years on, there are family members that are still not comfortable mm. with the fact that we've adopted. Mm. Conversation that happened only a month ago. Not comfortable that we've we've adopted. She's been here three and a half years. How much more time do you need? Yeah. But then for us, it's like, well, that's a step back. We, mm. we just need to distance ourselves because that that sort of behaviour, you're you're entitled to feel the way you do. Yeah. But don't voice it. Mm. Don't voice it to hurt people. Yeah. You know, she's here now. It's not a package that I can just put return to sender on. No, absolutely. Yeah. She's here for life. It and it. yeah, absolutely. And if someone has, if if you're in the, if you're an adoptive parent or a prospective adoptive parent, and you are hearing hurtful comments, I think it's very, you know, I can easily say just ignore it and move on. But I think it's also having having that expectation that people will say hurtful things not everyone will be comfortable people will question it and maybe that's why when you need to reach out and you know go into uh, speak to people who are going through a similar process so through your website you know interact with other individuals forums support groups it's just so you know you're not alone and I'm I can guarantee you someone you know that you interact with who's gone through a similar journey will have very similar experiences that you've you've been through as well so it's just talking about it. it yeah, is. and I think it's just creating those channels for people to be able to yeah. talk about it. Because there's, like I said, there's. I did. I wasn't aware of mm. turn to. You know, mm. it's not like when you're pregnant and you have all these antenatal classes. If mm. you, like, you know, mm. you meet prospective parents to be, and you know, you have the NCT groups. There's none of that here, and unless you make an effort to find people that are going through the same journey. Yeah. You, right? Um, and I know, obviously, there are a lot more groups available now than there were when we adopted in mm. 2019. Mm. Um, just one more thing. Perfect child. Yeah. Generally, children that are adopted adopted have had a tough start in life. Mm. They're from an orphanage, they've been traumatised, and they have bad memories. High expectations of a child and what he or she might bring to the family can lead to disappointment. Mm. and then guilt as parents because they realise that the child cannot fulfil what they wished or hoped for. Yeah. And what it, would you say to them? Yeah, it, it, it's all about just being realistic and honest, you know. Yeah. I don't think you can expect anyone to, you know, fill a void or kind of, you know, give you that sense of accomplishment or, yes, now my family's complete and that's it. You know, that it will never happen mm-hmm. in that way. Um, I think it's it's all part of recognizing that there will be periods of adjustment. There will be periods where you will have to, you know, go through quite complex situations and circumstances. But being okay with that, you know, and 
I, I don't think I think it's also the expectation that the child once they come in society is going to accept them yeah. you know that's it yeah but when you're you know for example your grandparents don't accept you or like your aunt doesn't accept you or whatever like or questions you or yeah. questions your parents it's it can have an impact on the child as well yes. and the parents and I think like you have done so openly you've kind of you know allowed you've given that um openness to to see you've told everything to her um so there's not there's never that sense of worry or you know that she will find out in this way but it's as much as you can do as protect as parents is to protect her but ultimately you can't control other people um and you can't expect Sia to always you know behave as a perfect child she will have ups and downs so yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, it's just being honest and realistic that you yeah. ca- can't have that expectations from anyone, mm-hmm. you know, and especially not a child who has, like you said, most likely gone through quite a difficult period in, in yeah. the start I mean, of their life. When you think about it, you put themselves, put yourselves in their shoes, you know, they're in an orphanage, mm. that's norm for them. They speak Hindi, mm. I mean, Sia didn't even speak a word. Mm. And then you automatically pick that child up without explain to the child what's happening and hand them over to strangers yeah who then take you back to a hotel yeah who then in a few days travel back to the uk with you Mm. if you're not going to be confused and traumatized what are you going to yeah i mean any adult will be (laughs) so you how can you expect yeah you know random people that she may have met six months prior Mm. put yourself in that shoe in their shoes what do you expect of them? Yeah. And then suddenly they're expected to just adjust and fit into your life. Mm. How does that work? Yeah. Can children suffer from this? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's another reason why I, you know, I, I, like I mentioned earlier on, if you if you worry about your own emo- emotional well-being um, and you're not doing anything about it, then it can have an impact on, on, on your child um, in, in a negative way. So you know children very intelligent they can be very intuitive they can pick up on the impact it's having on on um on their parents if you've not slept well or you are getting anxious or panic attacks and you know you're you're having to kind of you're not able to bond with the child then yes it can have you know as you can imagine lots of implications on the child so yeah okay and is there anything else that you think we need to add to this so I think what I would just like to say is we, we talked about how we have to normalise it in the yes. sense that we need to talk about it more. Um, we need to be aware of it, especially it should be something that's educated to prospective adoptive parents when they're going through this journey of just having that realistic knowledge of what they may face. Um, I also feel like it's important for me to emphasise that it is a complex and lengthy journey that parents go on um they will i can guarantee you have some impact on their it will be a change to their life in some way some form or the other it's just reach out speak to someone gps we're always here to help and support you we can always give you the right guidance or at least have you know sometimes just having that discussion with a professional can just get it off your chest so do reach out and speak to your gp um speak to sort of the local children's services if you are worried about anything in terms of the impact it's having on your child like i mentioned earlier as well adoption uk is a very helpful website um and they have a i believe a fact sheet on there yeah so that that can give you a lot of guidance um and support but also 
they have access, they have um, sort of uh, signposts to adoption group um, support support groups and um, yeah, just forums and you know, which similar to what you're doing with 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 the journey that you're taking right now. I think that's really really. Um, impressive and it, it should hopefully carry on and people can can reach out and contact you and get the support that that they need absolutely um i also feel um that because it can have an impact on the mental health and like i mentioned earlier quite a negative it can have the potential of having a negative impact where we worry about your own safety or your child's safety if you are really struggling with your mental health then do pick up the phone and speak to someone speak to your GP. If your GP services are closed, there's always out of hour GPs yeah. through 111. There's always the Samaritans on 116-123. So don't think you're alone in this journey. Um, I think Adoption UK also have a helpline number. So I'm sure, you know, they're 24-7. So there's always someone there to, to help and support you. Um, and yeah, just, just speak to people, you know, just reach out and just be aware that you're not alone. It's a yeah. complex journey. And you need, if you if you are struggling, there is help available out there in the society for and you. I think it's also important to mention that the idea of this isn't so that you're judged. Yeah. The idea is that you're supported. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all so easy to say, oh, you've got post-adoption depression, you should be looking after this child. No, that's not the case. It's about supporting you as yeah. a parent through this journey. Yeah. Because you are the best parent that child's going to have. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah no one's here to judge you mm. everyone's been in those shoes mm-hmm. it's about being there for each other right absolutely i mean i will over the next few weeks obviously once this podcast is released um post a number of resources uh, related to post-adoption depression um on my blog for anyone who is interested in reading them but dr charu is there anything else that you wish to add to that apart from what i've said no, I think you've you've explained it very well. You are you will be the best child. Sorry, the best parent for that child. Um, so yeah, you 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 need to do what you whatever you can in, within your means to to help yourself. Um, so yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head with well, that. Thank you for your time. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>